Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you. And uh, man, this has been a big week, right? It's been, uh, well, it was Pumpkin Festival week. And uh, like uh, for a lot of you guys, you're like, I set my calendar by this. I run on this thing. This is awesome. And for others of you, you're like, I'll never set foot there in my life. And uh, so be it, wherever you're at. And uh, it's a big deal week uh, just for rallying family together. It's been great to have our kids home and uh, one of our daughter's roommates. And uh, just been a sweet time to be able to partner with them and have fun together and laugh together and uh, spend time together. Man, we are a fam. And uh, we spend time together, even collectively. And I, as I high-fived over 500 of you probably at the, at the uh, Pumpkin Festival at various times and ran into different ones of you, and it was great to see and uh, just love to see all that God does through this church, through the friendships of this church, as we laugh together and smile together and spend time together. And, uh, you know, we're in a series here called Fearless. Fearless. And it's like, Lord, how do I walk in partnership with you, in partnership with others, where my faith will not get rocked? Lord, how do I grasp the intensity and the fervency of what it'll take to have my faith on fire and live fearlessly? Fearlessly. I'm just telling you, all too often we get rattled and we get shaken when we try to live life on our own, when we try to live life separate from God, when we try to not live as he's given us the guidance to give. And so, Lord, help me understand exactly what you're saying and what you're calling me to. May it be all about love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And all of God's people said. And so what does that look like to live? In this case, to live as a new creation. That's the terminology used in the passage today. And so that's what we're going to look at. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 16. And... Uh, we're answering this question simply, what does it look like to live as new creation? I put this point number one. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Live it. Like, grasp that. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. If you are saved, if you believe in him, you are a new creation. May we truly live that with all we've got. All right, here we go, starting... Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. And so verse 16, from now on, Paul's like, hey, now that we've grasped and understood this, let's put a stake in the ground. Let's make sure from here it's different. From now on, therefore, and when we see the word therefore, we say... What is the therefore? Therefore, it's a connecting word. Have you noticed how many times the word therefore shows up in this chapter? Right? He's like, hey man, I'm telling you a lot of biblical truth, and then I'm calling you to action. Biblical truth, and then a call to action. And he's like, we just got through some pretty serious biblical truth, and so now there's a call to action. Well, what biblical truth was there? He ended in verse 14 and 15 there. He's saying, just so we're super clear, the love of Christ controls me, and he died for all. One for all, right? Jesus Christ, he's our only hope. Man, if you came in here today and you're like, my hope for eternity with God is that I live a pretty good life. And my goodness will outweigh my badness. That's my hope. Man, I'm just telling you, with all due respect and as gently as I can, that's a, that's a really bad plan, okay? May we not live 
with it being our works that save. It is Jesus Christ and him on the cross and him risen from the dead. And all of God's people said, man, hear me, him for me. Say it out loud, say it with me. Him for me. That's our hope. And he's like, let's make this super clear. One died for all. And so we have this salvation offered to us. And we have life that can come because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. And a, a huge privilege for us to get it. He says, um, man, this is a, a brilliant move on the part of God Almighty making a change in our lives for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus Christ, for our sake, died and rose again. Therefore, that's the call to action. Because of that, we regard no one according to the flesh. Man, may we not look at the outward appearance. We talked about that last week with the phrases they used there. May it not be about what's on the outward, but what's going on in the heart. May there be a fire and a passion for Jesus Christ, and may we long to see people's hearts on fire for Jesus Christ. May we no longer look according to the flesh at people. And then, this is an interesting phrase. He says, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. He's like, let's be clear, man. Before we were saved... And now Paul's looking into his own recesses of his memory, and he's like, before I was saved, when I was a Pharisee, when I walked according to what I thought I was supposed to, I looked at Jesus Christ and I measured him up physically. I went after Jesus Christ and what I saw of him in this world, and I, I talked about him accordingly. I saw him through eyes that looked at the outward. I was unsaved, and I didn't grasp it. And I saw him as a guy, maybe even a good teacher. He had people he could persuade. But I didn't see him as God Almighty, and I certainly didn't see him as my Savior. I just saw him as a guy. And in fact, a guy causing me a lot of problems, right? That's Paul talking. And he's like, let's be super clear. I wasn't really a fan of Jesus Christ as I looked at the outward and what he was doing, and I just measured him up accordingly. In fact, Scripture even talks about Christ's outward appearance. Isaiah 53, 2. It says, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him. Right? So if your image of Jesus was some sort of Fabio kind of guy, right? it's not it. And I don't even know if I think he's good looking. So maybe that's a terrible example. But, but like, if you're like saying, hey man, I just pictured them walking in and they're like, whoa, look at that guy. Of course I'd follow him. And... Uh, that's really not what it was about. No former majesty that we should look at him. No beauty that we should desire him. People weren't hanging out with Jesus Christ because he was good looking. Right? How would you like to have that written about you in the scriptures? <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy, really no form of majesty or beauty about him at all. Right? And uh, Jesus was like, I'm just telling you, I'm taking on a humble role in this world. This is the creator of the universe. It could be like beauty. I control beauty with my spoken word. I'm going to be that. And instead, he took on humble Jesus Christ, him for us. And the apostles, and uh, as they were rallying together and talking about Jesus Christ, and they were talking about Jesus of Nazareth, they're like, come join us. We just met this guy. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's this prophet. He's from Nazareth. And, and their comment was, can anything good come from Nazareth? Right? John 1, 43. 
Just so you know, Jesus did not have it going on in the looks department, and Jesus did not have it going on in the geography department. Jesus had it going on in the soul, in the heart. He was rocking it for God Almighty, absolutely perfect in every way. And Paul's like, I don't know, I was looking at him on the outward, and it didn't measure up well. And then I started getting who he was, and he rocked my world. And all of God's people said, that's what we're talking about, man. Paul's like, hey, man, before we were saved, we didn't really get it. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Now we see him as the king of the universe, God Almighty. He speaks and this world exists. He sustains it by his presence. He has come and he has died and he has risen for us. He has lived perfectly and he is my God. Paul's like, I'm in. I am in. Amen. Man, he's like, I will not back down. I'm not looking at the outward. I'm looking at the heart. And he is awesome. There is no one like him. And we don't look at him on the outward anymore. It says, therefore. And when we see the therefore, we say, what's the therefore? Therefore, another connecting word. He's like, just so we're super clear, we used to look him at on the outside, but not anymore. If any one of us is in Christ, he is a new creation. Because of the work of Christ and because of the greatness of Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Man, I'm telling you, saved is more than something you assent to as facts. Saved is something more than just a way you try to live your life. Saved is about God at work in you. It's a huge deal, man. Saved is about not just you muscling it up, but it's about the supernatural taking place. God coming in, Holy Spirit taking over, glory pouring on, you being changed one degree of glory at a time. And a slowly but surely God doing a work in you. Man, that is a huge privilege. And just so we're super clear, we have the privilege of being in Christ and Christ in us. And it says he is a new creation. He is a, a, a creation of a different kind even, this new. It, it doesn't mean just refreshed. It means this whole other kind. There's this thing going on where we were dead to sin and now we're alive to God where we wouldn't worship him but now we breathe worship and we long for him to be glorified. There is something that happens in our soul when we grasp who Jesus Christ is and all of a sudden things make us tear up that we never would have teared up on before. Things make us passionate when we never would have been passionate about it before. He's like, just so you know, the very things you walk for, the very things your heart beats for are different now because God is at work in you. You are a new creation. And, uh, you know, there's some phrases that were used about this. We are justified. Right? We are adopted as sons and daughters. We are made alive. We are born again. There's so many different phrases and all of them trying to capture different facets of you being new in Christ. Man, do not make Christianity some kind of fake walk where all you try to do is look like you know Jesus. 
Man, may you know him personally and passionately and powerfully. May he rock your world in little ways, in massive ways. May you spend time being the one who is now a child of God, alive because of him, life eternal because of what he's doing. Man, you are now worshiping the king and being transformed by the Holy Spirit. You are a new creation. And all of God's people said, that is a privilege that we cannot take lightly. Please hear me. We hear words like, you're a new creation, and we're like, cool. That sounds great. Like, I don't think you get it, man. On our own, we were hell-bound. It was all about us, and now we are heaven-bound, and it is all about him. May I no longer live like it's all about me. May I get fired up super passionate that Jesus Christ is my everything, and I will not be moved. I am a new creation, and I didn't do it. He did it. Amen. Trust in him and lean on him with all you've got. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Praise God and thank him for that. And uh, man, that longing and desiring for self diminishes, not because it is less in our soul, but because our mind and our spirit stop listening. Please hear me on that. The goal is God transforming your mind, your mind being renewed. And so if your plan was like, boy, I really long for my flesh to actually have less and less say in my life, just so you know, that's not actually God's plan. And so the sin, the flesh that resides in us, this creeping selfishness that cries out, man, our mind just learns to say, not listening to that until the Morton Pumpkin Festival desserts come along. And then you're like, I have no self-control whatsoever. It's all gone, right? And uh, the reality is we start learning to listen and reject and not listen to, right? And uh, our ability to have our mind and soul renewed, that's the work God is doing. And this side of heaven, the flesh will bang, but our mind can grow in Christ. May it be all about him. May we constantly celebrate him. And uh, he says, behold... Uh, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There is now a passion for worshiping Jesus Christ that has come because of who God is and what he has done in my life. Him in me and me in him. And what a hope. What a privilege. And, uh, Christianity, it is not a call to actions. Um, there are actions, but that makes it just religion cold man trying to do something. This is about us serving the God of the universe and him doing a work in our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen. okay. So there was this movie, uh, Harrison Ford was in it. It was called Air Force One. It's a little bit ago, right? Air Force One. And it's a great movie. Air Force One is the name of the jet that the president of the United States flies on. And whenever the president is on that jet, it's called Air Force One because it's carrying the the leader of the nation in it, right? And so it's called Air Force One. They make much of. And so Harrison Ford is flying in the plane called Air Force One when all of a sudden it is taken over and hijacked. 
And uh, these bad dudes have a plan, and they're going to bring it to bear by trying to take care of the president. Fortunately, we have a really cool, powerful president like Harrison Ford. And so he ends up kind of bringing his strength to bear as he ducks and dodges and gets away from these guys and is very crafty and creative throughout the movie. And towards the end, as he's trying to get off the jet while it's flying, another jet comes underneath it. And they end up connecting up a zip line. And uh, can you imagine zip lining at 30,000 or 20,000 feet or whatever the thing was? And so he's zip lining down from one jet to another. And uh, his goal is to get off of that plane. And when he finally gets onto the other plane, the war room that has set this in motion is waiting there with bated breath. Everybody's like hanging on pins and needles. Is this going to work? And as he transitions over to the other plane, the statement goes out like this. All right, I'm going to do it like it would sound on the radio. Ready? Here we go. Uh, Liberty 2-4 is changing call signs. Liberty 2-4 is now Air Force One. Do you get what just happened? Like as the airplane just took over Harrison Ford, they changed call signs. They are now carrying the President of the United States. They are no longer Liberty 2-4. They are Air Force One. Hear me. You have taken on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is with you. And you are no longer just a human being. You are a new creation. You live in Jesus Christ. You are live for him. The Holy Spirit working in you. And you get to declare out, I am no longer just a human being. I am a child of God. I live for him. I cannot wait for him to be glorified. I in him am a new creation. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. You are a new creation when you trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. That is a huge deal. Okay. So simple question. Are you saved? Do you trust Christ as Savior? Do you admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior? Do you believe that he is risen from the dead? Please hear me. Scripture says believe that he is risen from the dead. Do you believe that? Do you confess him as your Lord? You're in charge of my life, God. Take over. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, then you are saved. Believe that he is risen. Confess him as Lord of your life. Man, it's not some mental cognitive thing about, yeah, I believe God's out there. Yeah, I believe Jesus died and rose again. Fine. It's take over in my life. And as the Holy Spirit now takes up residence and you become the temple of God, you are saved. Are you saved? And if not, put the stake in the ground right here and right now. Make it today, will you? Just let your God know, I believe that you are risen, Jesus. I confess you're in charge of my life. Take over. I'm done making it about me. It's all about you. That's saved. Man, if you are saved, man, are you willing to live like a new creation? Are you willing to declare out the greatness of Jesus Christ in your life and celebrate him with all you've got? Live it. May God get all the glory. Number two, we are ambassadors for Christ. Know your role and call others to this glorious privilege. 
We are ambassadors for Christ. Know your role and call others to this glorious privilege. It says, all this is from God. In case you didn't get the memo, you didn't do any of that. Right? All this is from God, him doing a huge work, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself, Christ dying, Christ rising, him paying the payment for what you owe. God is reconciling you to himself. He's like, I am covering the debt you could never cover. Man, if you are on the plan of my works will outweigh my bad works, and so in end, I will earn my way. If that's where you are, please hear me. Scripture's like, just so we're super clear. We are reconciled through the work of Jesus Christ, not the work of ourselves. It is him on the cross. It is him dying and him rising that is our hope. It is not me living some level of perfection to earn my way in. It is Jesus Christ. And so we are reconciled by Christ. And God is reconciling us through Christ. It says, and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God's like, let me make this super clear. Now that I've saved you, I'm going to bring you along a path where you get to share this truth with others. Where you get to say, this is what he's done in my life. I'm not trying to say anything about me. It's all about him. And you point to the greatness of Jesus Christ. And you're trying to make much of him. We literally have the privilege of sharing that message. Can we be super clear on this? It would go a lot better and easier for God if he just managed it all himself. You get that, right? Like we get involved and it gets pretty messy pretty fast. And all of a sudden you're trying to direct and control the universe through us. That's a really messy plan. Why is he doing that? Because at the same time he's giving us a chance to get to know him. Honestly, this is a lot like when you go out to garden in the backyard and you decide to have your little two or three year old come out with and you give them a spade shovel and you're like, hey, why don't you come dig with me here? And it's a train wreck, right? And so you kind of direct them in a little bit. And no, no, how about right here? Not there. That's where the plant already is, right? And we start trying to guide them on what to know and how deep to dig. And we're helping them dig with because they don't even have the strength to push down in the dirt. And right. And we, in the end, we're like, this would have been so much easier myself, right? But it's not about the easy. They're actually building relationship with you and you with them as you accomplish something together. And that is God's plan. And all of God's people said, please hear me, man. You are the two-year-old with the spade shovel in that story. <laughs> you get that? So we've been entrusted with a sweet privilege, but man, not a lot of skill set. And we're like, God, we long for you to take over in these things. And we're handing it to you. You have given us the ministry of reconciliation and we're stunned. He says, let me be more clear. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. In other words, if it was all about their works, their bad works would have been enough to bounce them out. But that's not what's happening. Instead, Christ's good is coming over the top. They are justified. And uh, it says, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He's like, here's how it's going to go down. I'm entrusting to you. I'm handing you something precious. Now treat it as such. May Christ get all the glory. And uh, entrusting to us. 
the message of reconciliation, giving us the privilege of sharing the greatness of Jesus Christ and all that he does in our lives. Being able to talk about him as Savior and King, as Lord, as the one who speaks and holds this world together. Being able to talk about the Holy Spirit changing your life one degree at a time. Last year, you wouldn't believe how I was, and here's what I was struggling with, but here's what God's been doing in me. And at times I still fall back, but man, I'm telling you, God's got a plan and he's growing me. And now I'm recognizing what needs to change before I ever did before. And it's amazing what God's doing and trust your God, right? And it's all about you being able to share out testimony with them. And uh, man, he's entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. It says now in the next verse, therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, Three times, man, in one passage, he's like, let me get this super clear. Theological truth, therefore, call to action. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Man, we are representatives. We take a stand on his behalf. Our job is to represent Christ into this world. But hear me, the word ambassador, a very unique word there. I didn't really realize this. Um, but in fact, in the original language, it's not a noun there. It's a verb. It says, we are ambassadoring for him. And in fact, the word is the same word that gets used for eldering. You are representing the leader of the universe as you bring truth into this world and share it out. And the role is to be a, a constant guide and direction to the greatness of Jesus Christ on behalf of his leadership. You are now leading in this world, pointing people to Christ. That's what being an ambassador is. And uh, you humbly following and leading with all you've got. It says, God making his appeal through us. Him changing you one degree at a time so that a family member will say words to you like, dude, what's going on in your life? There's just something so different now. Can you please tell me what you're doing? What's your secret of life? And you get to share the fame of the name of Jesus Christ. Where you're talking to a co-worker and they're like, what do you think of all this Jesus stuff? And you have a chance to share where you stand. Boldly, gently, carefully, making much of your Savior. Take a stand. Let your testimony be known. God making his appeal through us. It says, we implore you, meaning we beg, we plead, we long for this to happen. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you're like, dude, I don't know what message to send. Be reconciled to God. Jesus Christ is doing all the work. Come in and trust him. Be reconciled to God. Let the work of Jesus Christ on the cross rock your world. Be reconciled to God. That's your message, okay? If you're wondering what to say, just grab it right out of the verse there. Be reconciled to God. If you're like, my friends don't know the word reconciled, okay? Then figure out a way to say it that's fresh for you, where you're like, this is what God's doing as he's winning in my life, me over to him. This is what it looks like for me to be trusting him. Be reconciled to God. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Let that settle. He may, made him to be sin who knew no sin. 
Please note, it does not say he carried the punishment for our sin. It doesn't say that here. That is said in other verses, but it doesn't say that here. Here it says he made him to be sin. He carried the ugly and the heavy of all of our selfishness in himself. It is the most vile description of what you could do. He took the clean and made him filthy. Jesus Christ, him for me. That's our hope, man. As the God of this universe humbled himself, him who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that he would literally start making changes in your life and heading you on a trajectory towards perfection and righteousness. Not because of anything you've done, but because of all what he's doing in you. He's making you righteous. And for all eternity, you will be righteous. Not because of you, but because of the greatness of Jesus Christ. You will celebrate. He's the one. It's all about his greatness. He's done this in my life. This is why I celebrate him. Because Jesus Christ gave me what I could never accomplish on my own. And all of God's people said, and that is a huge, huge deal. Jesus Christ, him for me. And uh, we have a job, a job to share. And so let me just ask you, who, who is God asking you to be real with? Who is God asking you to be transparent with? Or how? At what point in time? And just be truthful to what he's doing in your life. And maybe right now you're like, he's doing a little, not a lot. And you're like, God, I'm just telling you, God's doing something in my life and I've got more to go. But I'm telling you, I am rocked by who Jesus Christ is. And, and just be real with the little bit of where you're at. You might be like, I'm not sure I really know how to even go about that. Well, for some of you, man, do we have an answer for you, Okay. And so we've got baptisms coming up next week and a baptism celebration. And we're going to be going through celebrating that we are saved. Every single person baptized next week will have already been saved. Everybody say, already saved. Already. Right? They're already saved. They're fired up. They're a new creation. And they're taking an opportunity to get it public before the world. I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm following him. That's what's going on. And man, this... Uh, rock over here, and for those who haven't been with us, that's where our baptismal is, and that's where it goes down, where we do much of celebrating Jesus Christ. As we go down into the water, like down into death, and up into new life, as we celebrate externally what has already happened internally. Super excited about it. And so, have you trusted Christ as Savior? Are you a new creation? Do you believe and confess him as Lord? Hear me. Then he has taken up residence within and Christ in you and you in Christ. And God has now, ready, entrusted to you the message of hope of following Jesus Christ. Are you ready to take your first stand? And stand up with baptism and say, I'm following Jesus Christ. I am a new creation. And I want the world to know that God is doing a work in me. Are you ready to be baptized? 
Man, if you have trusted Christ as Savior and have not since been baptized, next week is your time. It's time for you to get baptized. Some of you are like, I knew I wasn't going to come to church today and I shouldn't have. Now I feel the pressure of, I'm serious, man. Think of the privilege of standing for your Savior with all he's done for you. It's time to stake, take a stand for your king. And all of God's people said, man, it's time for us to stand up and make much of him. If you have trusted Christ as Savior and you have not been baptized, time for you to pick up the entrusting of the message and the testimony and making it real that God might get all the glory. Okay? And... Uh, Baptism, it's first belief, you're saved, then we get baptized, we're declaring it out, the message entrusted to us, all right? And uh, I just wrote these down, some frequently asked questions that come up about baptism, ready? Number one, hey, uh, I trusted Christ, I was saved, and then I was baptized at another church though, not here. Do I need to be baptized again here? And uh, so we answer it this way. You, we say, uh, no, um, this isn't a cult. Right? You're not getting baptized into Harvest Bible Chapel. You are getting baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said. And so if you've already been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, awesome. And uh, you're in the family. You've taken that first step in entrusting, okay? So if you've already been baptized after belief somewhere else, then no, you don't have to be baptized again. Well, what if I was sprinkled, not immersed? I didn't go down into the water and come up. I was uh, sprinkled in some way or leaned back and they poured over or something like that. And, and so we answer it typically this way. Um, it doesn't matter how wet you get, but that you take a stand. Okay, that's what we would say. Now, you might be like, yeah, I'm just not sure that it was really crystal clear that I was saved and that I'm a new creation and that I'm in with him. And, and if you feel the message wasn't clear and you want to stand up with us and get baptized next week, awesome. We would love to have you do that, okay? And if you're like, no, I think the message was pretty clear. We're good with it. Then great. Then the sprinkling was good, okay? And we'll just stand with that, okay? And uh, here's another one. Hey, I was baptized as an infant, uh, and then I came to trust Christ later, should I be baptized? And here's what we would say to that. We want to be real tender to this. Just make sure you hear me on this, okay? So we would say, yes, you should be baptized now. The first was what your parents were doing, right? They were committing you to Christ, and they were trying to make much of Christ in that. And that's awesome what they took a stand for. But you ended up coming to trust Christ later. And as you became a new creation, he then gave you his Holy Spirit to rock your world. And he entrusted you with the testimony. And it's time to stand up and be able to declare, I'm saved. And so, yeah, this one's for you to declare, while the other was for your parents to declare. And if that's kind of a touchy topic for you and your family, man, we would love to walk that through with you and help you process that. Okay? But if you were baptized as an infant and then later saved, yeah, getting baptized next week would be an awesome idea, okay? And, uh, well, what's the appropriate age for baptism? I'll just say this as a guidance, okay? This is not thus saith the Lord, but as a guidance, we found that seventh and eighth grade kind of works best, kind of in that domain. There's a lot that's processed. There's a lot of remembering that you want to have go on that they can recall back. And so we would tend to suggest kind of in that domain. Uh, that's kind of our guidance there, all right? So more in that We'll call it 12, 13 years old kind of range. And uh, just consider that as you're processing through that. Um, well, what services are going to be baptism services? Yeah, all of them. 
right? 9, 11, and 4.30. And yeah, we're doing a 4.30 service. And if you're like, hey, uh, maybe I want to get baptized in front of a few less people. Like, I'm good with bringing out the testimony, but it would be nice if there was a few less people. The 430 service usually has 200-ish kind of adults, maybe 300 adults at it. And, and uh, so if you'd want to do that, then feel free to join us at the 430 service. And you can let us know that 430 is where you'd want to be baptized. But we have a 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and a 430. By the way, just a good opportunity to say this. You may not know this, but our 430 has two to 300 adults. Our 11 o'clock has six, 700 adults. And our 9 o'clock has 10,000 adults. Whatever we're at up in here, I don't know, 1,100 or something. And uh, okay, so uh, we're gonna have ushers coming forward and we're gonna pass these cards down the row, all right? Every single person take a card, right? So who takes a card? Every single person. I'm visiting today. Every single person takes a card, all right? Just go ahead and grab a card and uh, here's the deal. Ushers, you can go ahead and come on down. Go ahead and start that. And uh, as these cards are going down the row, just consider this. Have you come to trust Christ as Savior? Are you saved? Are you a new creation? Answer that question first. If yes, have you begun to take a stand for Christ? Are you in? Are you ready to be baptized and take a stand for him? All right? We would love to get you baptized next week. So here's my request. Just take some time right here and right now. We're going to actually give you a little bit of time in the service to be able to fill these cards out, all right? So go ahead and fill it out. If you have already been baptized, that's great. Just go ahead and hold on to the blank card. Don't worry about it. We're going to end up turning all the cards back in, blank or filled out, to the ushers on the way out, okay? But if you want to be baptized, start taking time right now to fill this out. We even have a few questions kind of lead you on there for a little bit of your testimony. Just gives us a little bit of understanding. We long to be able to partner with you to help you to be able to take a stand with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, next week, okay? Please note, there's also service times on there, 9, 11, and 4.30. Check which one or ones. If you've got multiple that you'd like to be at, that's fine. If either of them is fine, go ahead and circle a couple of them. And we would love to be able to get you baptized next week. So let's just take a moment right here and right now, right where we're at, prayerfully consider it. So let's just go to prayer. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you are thinking, now's the time that I should be getting baptized, man, just go ahead and keep filling out the card. Don't worry about having your eyes closed or your head bowed. Just go ahead and be filling that out. Heavenly Father, right now we're coming to you and we worship you. We praise you. We celebrate you. Lord, we thank you for all that you are. Lord, I thank you for each person in this room moved and stirred by you, saved by you. Lord, for those who have come to know you and trust you, that they are in you and you in them. And we praise your name. And now, Lord, we just pray for those who are considering baptism. May this just be a time right now where you stir our hearts. May people move towards you and go after the baptism with all they've got. Give us boldness. Give us assurance. May we take a stand for you, Lord, with all that you've entrusted and given to us. We love you. And just right where you are, continue to worship your God. And if you're filling out the card, go ahead and do that. And we'll take a few minutes right now before we go to the close song. All right. 
Some of you, you know, you're on the fence right now. You're thinking it through and you're like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure if I want to do this. Man, please fill this out. We would love to talk with you, all right? Hear me. We are going to take a time where each and every one of you who fills out this card will get a call from a pastor this week. It'll probably be late Wednesday, early Thursday morning just to set expectation. It takes us a little bit to get things organized, but late Wednesday or early Thursday, we'll be getting a call to you. We'll walk through the entirety of how it would go, what words would be said, what makes sense for your testimony. You're not alone, all right? We love you. We'll be right there with you. We'll have um, a pastor in the tub with you. They'll be walking through questions with you. You are not alone. Let's get your testimony up celebrating God and making much of him.